Welcome to the Road to Black Podcasts, brought to you by the BJJ Physio. The BJJ Physio helps optimize the training of jiu-jitsu athletes so they can dominate their next performance. How do they do this? They provide strength and conditioning, physical therapy, and heart rate-based conditioning through a completely remote and online management system. Meaning you can be anywhere in the world and take your BJJ performance to the next level. Contact Dr. Wesley Reed at info at thebjjphysio.online or follow him at the BJJ Physio on Instagram to find out more. Also brought to you by Roll Union Jiu-Jitsu. Visit rollunion.com and follow Roll Union on Instagram to shop the latest jiu-jitsu styles. Roll Union brings you the best fitting geese on the market, the most comfortable rash guards, and premium soft jiu-jitsu tees. Next time you're in the market for some new gear, check out RollUnion.com for the stylish and the savage. Lastly, we're brought to you by DownToRoll.com. DownToRoll.com was born out of the need for an innovative way to find BJJ training partners during the COVID-19 crisis. With gyms being shut down for many across the globe, you can register at DownToRoll.com and find small group training partners in your area. You can message partners directly from the map and interact with other like-minded players on the Down to Roll exclusive network. Go to downtoroll.com and start training again now. Thanks for supporting our sponsors, and we hope you enjoy this episode of the Road to Black podcast. Good afternoon, Wes. What's up, man? How are you? No complaints. It's uh, another Monday, and... Uh... Busy, Valentine's busy day. day hangover? No, man. My wife was on, she's on nights. So I never see her on, she's oh, on nights. Man. I see her even less. So, uh, <laughs> no. Celebrate another day. Celebrate another day. We've had enough celebration lately. We, um, we both have early February birthdays and then our anniversary is on the first week of February. So it's like, boom, 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 right in a row. It's like, then you get Valentine's. Yeah, it's Valentine's Day. It's like kind of celebrated out by that point. Right. So what about you? Um, I had a pretty good day. I worked a little bit and then went and got a Thai massage. So that's that deep tissue stuff, huh? Is that right? Mm, I guess you could call it that. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> <laughs> uh, they're all every time I go, it's different. I haven't been in like at least a year, but, uh, it's some of it is, it's crazy. Like some of it, I guess you could call it, it's I bet a sports massage. Like I've had a kind of a sports deep tissue massage. It's a lot different. Like the Thai massages, it's, there's some good parts and there's some other parts that are like, what are you doing? Like just kind of, they do some kind of stretching and they'll pull your limbs a little bit. Weird stuff like that. Like, karate chopping your back a little bit, you know, <laughs> but, uh, I swear like during, I think I got Kimura during the thing because she like put me in this like chicken wing type Kimura with my arm behind my back. And it, I was like, what is going on? I've never had this one done before. Like I was, I was laying in my stomach and then she put my arm behind my back and then put her arm through mine. I swear she was doing jujitsu on me, but then she like cranked my arm over and it like, kind of gave me a little pop it didn't hurt or anything it was just kind of like a stretch basically but uh other than that it was it was pretty good it was pretty good 
the hour is an hour combo. So they do your your body and then your feet. So nice. Yeah, your feet. Dude, I've only had I've only had like one or two massages in my life. Yeah, and everybody, you know, they're like, "Man, you gotta you gotta get a massage and you gotta try this." And you know, they they feel good or whatever. Like just having somebody rub it on you, right? But yeah, for sure. The first one that I got, I was traveling down to Nicaragua and it was like, we were staying at this. It was like the last night that we were, uh, traveling down there, you know, it's, um, a developing country. So everything's really, it's cheap. So we were like the last night we were there, we'd been backpacking for 10 days. Uh, we were ready for like shower and to have like a nice, a nice place to stay. Right. So yeah, we, we stayed, um, at this like pretty much five-star hotel right in Managua, which is the capital. Mm -hmm. And, um, I was like, ah, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to get a massage. It's gotta be good. Right. Five star. You're at a five-star place. It should be. And it was just like, (laughs) like this kind of thing. Really? I I was like weak. So weak, dude. I was like, if that was this the first is what a massage ever? that was my first one i was like oh my god if this is what a massage is like man count me out dude i feel like i felt like i wasted my money so well they're not all great i've had yeah i've walked away from a couple going what 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 did i just do that was yeah. horrible but uh i have i have some clients at chill fit that they're serious in a massage like they have yeah very regimented massage schedules with like a sports massage you know massage therapist so they're they're super legit if you can find a good person but i never i really never get them done so it's like once in a while we'll just go to the the uh trying to remember the name of it i think it just says foot massage on the the (laughs) sign so that's that's how you know a mile from my house yeah exactly they're oh man they're they're just very niche down yeah exactly <laughs> i don't know how they do it in there it's always busy in there but uh anyway that was a, a thai couple massage and that was pretty much it just kind of crashed out last night long week Dude, we had nice, a, man. we had a tough week at, in our uh in our gym found out one of my main training partners has cancer mm. so that was like a real real tough one for us, just as friends, you know, um, it was a really tough week going through training without him. He's a guy that, um, his name's Zach. He goes, he's trains with us every morning. The guy's there every day. Uh, recent, recently got his purple belt, recently won, uh, master, master worlds in December as a blue belt. Guy's a savage. Um, great training partner, just really good jujitsu. Um, so it was it was very heartbreaking, you know. So we're just trying to set up some kind of support systems for him now. He's a big part of our school and uh especially he's been at least since I've been back in training since COVID shut down the last six months, he's been in, in the early bird class where I train. So he's become a friend of mine and uh it's really tough, man. So I'm gonna be putting together some uh some things to get the jujitsu community behind him and give him some support for his family while he battles this, you know, pretty serious cancer. So, um, you know, he's 
taking it like a like a champion that he is you know his his words are encouraging he's got a positive outlook on it but you know he's got a long battle ahead of him but if anyone can battle through this it's this guy man he's got a strong mind and so i'm mentioning that because uh you know if you're listening to this you're gonna see i'm gonna i'll be posting this on our road to black podcast instagram some uh some ways you can help out our friend zachary bighorn uh got a couple things in the works he's got a gofundme account already um so we're just going to try to support that in any way we can and i'm going to try with my teammates to keep him involved with jujitsu somehow because um you know it's heartbreaking to hear someone have to go through this and you know it's going to take a lot of his physical health away from him as he battles through this um but also you know the mental side he's not it's that was almost the worst part to hear is just hear him talk about how he's not gonna be able to train anymore so um it was a rough week going on without him but whether we have to do some videos in 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 class and you know keep him involved keep him in the loop do even some facebook live if he wants to join in i'm gonna get some of that set up and uh i'm also uh i personally have designed uh um, a woven patch and sticker pack that I'm going to be selling through Royal Union. Um, it's pretty cool. It's it's a design that supports his his battle. So um, be looking for that. But everybody keep their thoughts and prayers with our friend Zachary Bighorn. And uh, I'd really appreciate that. He's got a, a long battle ahead of him, but we're going to be there supporting him all the way. So that that led into the weekend. And anyway, that was just a emotional week for me. And that, you know, I'm just a guy here as a friend, you know, so him and his family are going through a lot. So, um, I know the jujitsu community is super strong with these issues and I plan on like really boosting, boosting the signal out there about Zach and his battle in the next month or so. So stay tuned for that. Man, I don't know what to say. Yeah. uh, And what can you say? Yeah. It's pretty heavy. It's it's heavy. It comes out of the blue and. When something like that happens, you we got to stick together as a family, you know, whether it's your, you know, your jujitsu family or or otherwise. But uh, he's got hopefully a good support system around him at home. I know he does at the gym, so we'll keep everybody in uh, kind of in the know on his progress. So we're hoping to get him back to the mats. That was my I, week. Tough, tough emotional week leading into the weekend, oof. and um, you know, just trying to stay positive about it. Yeah, that's all you can really do and su- support him and uh, keep him engaged. And, and yep. you know, obviously I've never gone through anything like that, but I I do think that any way that somebody can stay in the community and have community members that are supporting him and as he's going through, because it's a prolonged process, yeah. you know, yeah. and so it's um, not having or having support all the way through is uh very very important. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you can imagine if you you, you can't imagine. We can't yeah. imagine, but unless you've been through something like that, but I can only begin to imagine the difficulty of just, you know, fighting that battle plus not being able to do what you love to do, you know, yeah. that's just a huge deflation of your, you know, you're on this run, you're on this roll, you love jiu-jitsu and then I got to stop for a while. So Anyway, thoughts and prayers to Zach out there. Uh, more to come with that. We'll be yep. mentioning him here again. So, 
getting into the weekend, you know, man, I was on social media a little bit. I tried to stay off of it on, on Valentine's Day, but over the weekend, I was Gordon Ryan just went ham on Andre Galvao and his Dude. boys. And most of the time, I'll try to like just watch this stuff from afar, but he's, uh, man, he's, he's, that's he's like a troll. <laughs> he's a troll. He's amazing at it too. He's he's like a meme expert. You know, he's the greatest go- nogi grappler there is right now. But it's interesting to see the dynamic and see the approach that people take in you know, for Gordon especially. Um, he's kind of at a point right now, and his whole beef is that he just can't really find anybody to to compete against him. You know. And it's interesting because, you know, he's, I think he's young and this is just his approach. It wouldn't be my approach, obviously, but I'm not this grappling superstar that wants to make a lot of money. You know, he's no, you know, he's not, he's not hiding the fact that he loves money. Gordon Ryan. Yeah. He gets paid a lot for his, his, uh, his DVDs and his instructionals. You know, he's got a huge following more power to him. The thing with with Andre is like, it's 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 interesting because Gordon's just trying to like pick a fight. He just wants you know he's trying to get the the biggest names out there, and I guess a lot of these guys have just turned him down to some extent. So on one hand, I kind of under understand where he's coming from, but on the other, it's like it's kind of like just a pissing match, and it's kind of immature by some of these Very. guys. You know, it's like. Can't we come up, come to an agreement? Uh, I guess it's just people's egos are just so fragile. You know, they you want to think that you have this great ego ego equalizer with jujitsu, but when you get to that level, you know these guys are almost scared to get a blemish on their record. You know, some of these guys, obviously, yeah, yeah. because and it goes both ways. You know, Gordon complains that he wants, he, you know, he's looking for a fight. Hey, Andre, you know, I guess Andre said that. You know, Gordon and Andre are supposed to fight at ADCC based on like the super fight, how they normally do it. But apparently Andre's not going to do it or he wants money to do it or more money than they've normally given them. And then uh, Mo from ADCC got involved and was saying, hey, you're, this is never going to happen. We don't even make this much money. And the whole thing is like. Gordon said, you know, he wanted to, he'll even compete with Galval for pay-per-view and donate it all to charity. So that was, I mean, it's admirable, but on the other hand, he's kind of just goading Andre because he knows he's not going to fight him basically. Yeah. But then there's other guys that'll want to fight Gordon and Gordon's like, no, I'm not going to fight on those terms. I'm not going to make any money with that fight. So that kind of gets me. It's like, you can't, you can't say you can't get a fight if you're just fighting for money, you know? And because you're, then you're only protecting your own ego as well and your own record. You know, I'm not going to do it unless I'm getting paid a couple hundred thousand dollars and then it'll be worth, I just don't get that. You know, you want to know what makes you the greatest grappler? Just go beat everybody. Keep beating everyone. Doesn't matter. Anyone that challenges you that that's a viable opponent and he's got some, you know, they might not be the biggest names, but there's great grapplers out there that are maybe second tier. Maybe they're not going to beat Gordon, but Hey, you know what I mean? It's you got to open up the. There are people willing to challenge him, um, so at some point you got to just do it, you know. And I think he's 
Well, he, you wanna he, see, I want to see the fight, guy fight, you know? I mean, he, he doesn't get he, many matches. He goes this weekend. I yeah, think. I think it's this fill, weekend in WNL, He's a fill-in. Right? Yeah, he's a fill-in for his brother. For his brother, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I wanted to see I, his brother with that fight. But, oh, man. Uh, we'll see. We'll see if uh, Jimenez can give Gordon a fight. But I do appreciate... And, that I do like that part that Gordon picked up that fight because he's like, uh, you know, Roberto Jimenez comes to fight. He's not coming to stall or protect his ego or image. You know, we're both going to go after it. And I think it's, I think that's going to be good. I, I think they're both great grapplers. I just think Gordon's on another level in, in Nogi. Um, his system is just, it's just so automatic. He's just so good. He always puts people exactly where exactly he wants where he wants. Exactly. Yeah. That's like his, that's why he's so successful. He literally will take his time to put you right where he wants you and very systematic, probably as a result of being coached by Donaher. Um, but the gal, I mean, he is, he's a meme God. His memes over the weekend against Andre and I, I mean, it obviously it pissed Andre off. Did you see Andre's stories from inside his gym? Oh, dude. Where he was it, going in front of his medals. and <laughs> Yeah, I saw and I, that. And I get Andre's side, too. I, I don't get it, but I understand. Andre is like a much, he's got all the accolades in the world Yeah, compared to Gordon. He really yep. does. Both 100%. Gi and no Gi. I mean, the guy is yep. just a grappling superstar, legend. But... And I think Gordon knows that, and he just he's trying to pick a fight with the biggest name, you know, and big, you know, especially because he knows these guys won't really don't want to fight him. So then it's like you've got the bully mentality where, yeah, I'm just going to push a little bit farther and try to just, I don't know. So, I mean, I, I'm I'm not as big of a fan of all that do you trash think the, talk and disrespect, but it's part of the game you, these days. It really is with and some athletes. It, as it gets more popular. It's gonna be more younger. The younger generation is likes that. Yeah, they're gonna. They're gonna. There's gonna be more trash talk. Yeah. But here's my question. You know, I go back and forth with this. It's. It's not. um, So I'll just I'll just ask it straight up. So he's asking, Galvao wants a cool mill, Mm -hmm. to, to fight right. Because he's, you know, he's coming out of retirement. Whatever his excuses, part of me is like, okay, he's asking for a, a I mean, an absolutely prohibitive amount of money to ADCC. Like they don't even make that much, right? Yeah. And so, is this an excuse to not fight? Is like my first thought, right? Like, is yeah, this, exactly. Did he come up with my, this because he knows it's not possible? Because he knows it's not possible. But the other side of the coin of that that. I also think about is, is he saying, this is my value and this is what I'm worth. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to show up unless I get paid what I'm worth. Yeah. You know, which to, to, to go a little bit further with that is, um, pushing the, pushing the sport forward in terms of what athletes get paid. Yes. Right. So, uh, and that's what, I mean, professionally, no matter what you're doing, you want people pushing your profession forward mm-hmm. in terms of, uh, monitor your, your value, you know? Yeah. 
And I go back and forth on both of those points. And I mean, I don't know where I, I don't have like a, I think he's ducking Gordon. And I also don't have like, I think that he's trying to push the, the profession of jujitsu forward. I don't know. Yeah. And I agree. I think in a way he is doing, he's trying to do that. I don't think it's like the exact perfect approach, but I think he's been trying to, um, I think he's doing that because he actually came up with, they were arguing in, in the comments or whatever in the story. And I saw like even figures being thrown out by Andre, like this is how many people we can get at this cost equals this money. And he's like doing quick math, but it's like, it's all just kind of a flawed perspective or yeah. a, not a very well thought out perspective because you, I think they should do that. I think there is, and I think his point was right is that with this beef and this internet, you know, uh, all eyes on, I mean, like there's a lot of eyes within the graphic oh, yeah. if, on this issue right For now. Sure. I mean, if, if you're in the social media aspect of it and you're in the kind of the jujitsu culture online, you know about this. So, and it's been going on for a while, but why not use that to actually do what he's suggesting and get these guys paid more? Because basically in the end, I think one of the math, one of the maths that they worked out was that, yeah, they, if you get this many people getting the pay-per-views, you can get that money, but then that's all the Himo's point was, are we going to pay all that money just to you? And what happens is about you're going to have that to have that same amount, a million dollars for Gordon, um, uh, you know, or whatever, whatever. If it's winner take all, maybe not. But his point was there's other fighters on the card and I get it. But Mo's also, he's kind of in close with Gordon. He spends a lot of time in Puerto Rico with those guys and he you know, lives with them. Yeah. That's his like golden boy, you know, yeah. the ADC champ, ADCC yeah. champ. So I get both sides, but I think it's all, I think in the end when jujitsu really becomes in, I don't know when this is, but it's growing at a rapid pace, very rapid. You know, I mean, we're talking like a growth like this, and then it's like shooting up in the last five years, you know, and um, it's only going to get bigger because now there's just more and more exposure. And that's the same way MMA started. And I'm not saying it's going to be as big as MMA, but two of the biggest countries in the world, it's thriving. I mean, it's always been in Brazil. It's a big part of Brazilian culture, yeah. but also America is just, you know, it's it's really blowing up here. And this is in spite of an, a, a pandemic. You know, you obviously a lot of people are not training, but there's still a lot of interest in jujitsu. It's going to grow as, as we move beyond this issue of COVID. My point is, is someone, some entrepreneur, someone will come in and do what these other people aren't willing to do and put together these fights and make them bigger. Yeah. Start getting some backing, um, start promoting in a way that you can actually sell because right now it's all flow grappling. Mm-hmm. Even Mo said that he's like, Oh, we're satisfied with the flow grappling deal. Uh, dude was flow grappling even around four years ago. Like you remember, <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's flow grappling itself. They've done a lot for the sport to put them on the map, but there could be someone else that comes in, Dana White, that has more resources yep. and is able to put together bigger fights. I'm not saying that's going to happen anytime soon, but we've seen it with other martial arts. You know, they've done it with some uh, kickboxing and it's 
and, and, well, think- and Muay Thai, but jujitsu is so much bigger than those sports right now. Dude, think, think how that would, think how great that would be for, so UFC fight passes, picking up a lot of these, uh, uh, these other jujitsu promotions. Yeah. I don't know mm-hmm. if it, you know what I mean? So they're Quintet. trying to Quintet is on there's there. A, there's several EBI, animals. I think yeah. is on there. Um, so they're picking these promotions up, right? I mean, can you imagine you set up a pay-per-view on fight pass and mm-hmm. have those two on it? I mean, that would be, it would be big in, be in our big. community. Be, it might, it's not going to do. And that was even most point. He's like, well, this pay-per-view, you know, he would mention some pay-per-view with even Fedor. You know, the guy just went and looked. He was trying to make a point. But he was like, this pay-per-view only sold this many. So how are we going to? Because he was like, to Galval's point, we can't sell 50,000 buys or whatever, whatever it was. My point is, is yeah, maybe not in the first one. But as if, if someone starts getting these things together and you have these super fights with a beef this big, this is the opportunity you need to, to sell fights, you know? 100%. I mean, maybe, maybe this isn't always going to, I think it takes a special athlete to create this controversy because it's the same in UFC. Why do you think Connor became such a huge superstar? Because half the people hate him and half the people love him, you know, same thing with Gordon Ryan, same exact thing. He's polarizing. He's puts himself out there. He's cocky. He's confident. Same guy, you know, I mean, in many ways, you know, yeah. Uh, brash. So it's, it's just interesting to see now these guys are at a level where they're just not going to compete unless there's money involved. There's just too much ego, pride, history. You know, I think it's getting to that point. And Gordon especially because he has a focus on money. And he even like one of the memes was, hey, look at Andre winning in 2005 or whatever it was, jumping up and down. And he made $0 from this. And just, you know, so... It's, there's two perspectives, right? You could look at it as, hey, I'm a traditionalist. Andre was in a, he's in a somewhat of an amateur IBJJF world championship event slash pro for him. You know, these black belts, are, that's what they really do, but they're not really getting paid. Yeah. But, but it's, but- it's this, it's the, it's the, the glory of winning worlds. But what I'm yeah. saying is it's moving as most things do into a monetized, the the best athletes ex- are expecting to get more. They're expecting uh, just a world championship isn't going to be enough anymore. Yeah, there's going to have to be some paydays. And I respect that. Yeah, and I respect that because you know you were talking about he was talking. You know, Gordon was saying that um, he wasn't you know getting paid in 2005 when he's winning all these ADCC championships. Right. Well, it was a completely different ball game in 2005. Oh yeah. Like jujitsu was still, oh, I mean, man. it's a fraction of what it is today. Fr- like, yeah. oh my in, in America, in, in, yeah. in the United States. Absolutely. Yeah. And, the, and it, it just was like, you can't even, you almost can't even talk about what was happening in 2005 as far as like popularity, the sport, who's getting paid. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's, I mean, it's. I mean, it's over a decade later, you know, yeah, but 15 years, it's like a generation. I mean, <laughs> yeah. you can like generationally, that is com- completely different. Yeah. So. So <sighs> does Andre have more to gain or more to lose? This is a question I was talking with the guys in the gym the other day. I think he has 
more to lose by competing and losing. Because he's already has a legacy, and that was kind of his point on his posts. He has a legacy. He's older. And yeah, and that's not really an excuse because Gordon will tell you that Andre's in his prime. So, you know, tr- and I kind of tend to agree with, you know, th- it's not today is not the world where, you know, if you're if you're a master's athlete, you're over the hill and you can't compete anymore. OK, yeah, if you're yeah. 31, 32 years old, that is your prime in most sports. Yeah, it just is. And, and I see the same. You know, if and if you're 30 and you're just a super, look at Gordon Ryan. Do you think when he's 31, he's going to be past his prime? I don't think so. Not if he's continues at this pace and gets better. Yeah. You know, I mean, if that's not old, you know, and yeah. sometimes people think of it as old in jujitsu, but it's not. You know, um, but to my that's my point is that Andre's older than Gordon, but and he has all these accolades. He has a very successful school and online training academy if he loses and he's so worried about losing does that hurt his bottom line does you know it could affect business in some way i'm just trying to think of it that way if he wins maybe it's a huge boost for his business and his school but his school is already considered the top school so i could see why i don't know i mean i think it comes down to whether you're making decisions based on business or pride or you know ego or just wanting to be the best in the world you know well even uh to your point what is the decision making process look like and the financial piece i mean this dude is running arguably the top school in the world right yeah he's got how many world class competitors that he's coaching and mentoring he has, I mean, he's, he's teaching classes there all the time. Yeah. Um, he's doing his online stuff. So if you're going to ask this guy to completely step away from focusing on those aspects of things, yeah, it should be financially. Yeah. There should be a financial incentive to it mm-hmm. because he's, he has to shift his entire focus. It's not like, right. You know, these, he's not. I mean, he's, have you seen him lately? Yeah. I mean, he's still, he's still jacked. He's still a a great athlete. He's, but he's not ADCC or world's ready. You know, he, you look at him and he's, he's a little smaller. He's, he's, he's focusing on other things. He's focusing on mentorship and creating athletes. Yeah. His own lot going on. Right. So. And he has to fight a shit talking battle online. Dude, did you think in any of those comments? Yeah, a lot of them. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I just. Dude, who um, are these people? I know. Like, who are these people that. I, I, I don't understand it. Like, <sighs> like people that, I mean, all they do is just. Get involved. Go, get involved and instigate and yeah. say really, honestly, say really shitty things to people. Yeah online that they don't even know that on it and, and here's the thing you're saying it to to particularly into galvao um who within the last probably week or two they've looked at some sort of online galvao vi- like instructional video yeah you know so they don't give a shit that 
he's providing all this content and all this value to their jujitsu. But then when it comes to he doesn't want to, he doesn't want to take on uh, Gordon for less than a mil. Then all of a sudden it's like turncoat. Yeah. Right. Which really like it bothers me. I, I just sat in some of those like. But you know I who's actually, online? Trolls. Yeah. You, you and I aren't keyboard commenting on warriors, these yeah, things. No, keyboard you know? warriors. Yeah, it's, it's, a lot of them are just losers that wish they could be great and they just start talking shit or, and they're, they just, they're nut huggers one way or another. They love, you know, they're either riding Andre or riding Gordon, you know, it, and it's always, it's usually, honestly, it's usually younger people um, that just attach themselves to this. They like the shit talk, especially for Gordon's people, you know? Because uh, Andre, Andre has like an army of people that train under him. So think about yeah. that. And you'll see a lot of those people coming into defense online. Gordon doesn't. So there's a huge dynamic chance. And it go- explains kind of the success that each of them have, has had and where they're at in their lives. Gordon's going to tell you, oh, I make more money. Okay. We know. I know personally that money is doesn't mean shit in the long run. It's nice to have, but it's not everything in life. And it's not going to make you happy if you're the richest, you know, if you, good luck. If you want to be the richest grappler ever, good, good job. But no one else really cares about that unless it's some loser that just looks at money like that. You know, I mean, that's not, that doesn't mean shit to me in terms of your accolades. That just yeah. doesn't cut it for me. I don't care about that. Same thing with Connor. Good, good job. He's the richest guy. He just got blasted in his last fight. You know, it's like, that means nothing to me. Money's nice when you want, you want to be able to live comfortably, but to be the, the whole driver, like obsessed about it, like Gordon is, and he is, he literally put happy Valentine's day on his Instagram yesterday. And it was just a pile of cash to my Valentine, happy Valentine's to my Valentine was a pile of cash. So he's, he's out there on, he's going to tell you what it's about, but that's what I'm saying. Andre's built up this legacy. He's got this successful school. He's got all these different, you know, affiliates and people underneath them. And it's super, really a lot of great talent and probably some of the best up and coming talent in the world. Gordon Ryan doesn't even have a team that he, he doesn't, he's not a teacher yeah. like that. So it's yeah. completely different. It's a completely different dynamic. Gordon is the prototypical superstar athlete. He's not coaching people. And I mean, he obviously is, and I'm sure he's great at it. He does seminars, he makes money doing it, but he doesn't have that responsibility that an Andre has of running an academy and a series, you know, a slew of other things going on. Totally different. And I think that goes to your point of Andre's just not going to be able to jump in there and, you know, it takes some training. This is going to be a high level fight if it does happen. Right. But it's just, it's not only Andre, you know, there's different, there's other ones out there that, you know, um, for some one reason or another, some of these guys don't want to fight him, but I just thought it was an interesting dynamic because in some ways these are the best guys, but they literally are resisting competing against each other. And And Gordon's the same way. Yeah. You know, he is. He's the same way. He wants to say he'll take any fight, but he won't. Like if it's not for the right amount of money, he's not going to fight. So, um, Dude, it's, you know it's going to be interesting to see how this all plays out because otherwise, where where do the best guys compete if they're not competing? 
I don't yeah. know. Yeah. The braggadocious thing on like the money stuff. Honestly, I'm I'm sitting here like going through it. I'm trying to compare the two and maybe I'm, maybe this will highlight a bias. I don't know on who I like more. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Gordon's talking about all this money that he makes on his instructionals and this and that. Let's think about the financial investments and what Galvao does to where he makes how he makes money, right? When you think about it in the long term, I think Galvao has a way more sustainable product that's going to make him a lot more money and probably does make him a lot more money than than uh Gordon Ryan. You know, Gordon makes these these instructionals, whatever. Mm-hmm. Let's look at Galvao. He runs a school. It's like I think it's like 250 bucks on a subscription service every month. He also has his online stuff, mm-hmm. which I, I mean I subscribe to Autos Online. It's $25 a month. Yeah. And you get 5,000 subscribers on that. That's passive income. He doesn't have to do any other work. Yeah. Besides just film his school and his classes and all mm-hmm. of his instructors' classes, right? 25 bucks a month, you get 5,000 subscribers that, you know, I'm not even going to sit here and do the math on that, but. Yeah. It's a lot. It's a lot times a year that is just, it, it's not buckets of money and like upfront. Yeah. It's a consistent revenue source. Yeah. I think that's right? the difference and that's what Gore, and, but that's your point. 125 grand so, over a year. Gordon says he makes that in a month. Sometimes now that's my point though. Is that going to, you know, you don't have an academy. You don't have this established. You don't have this legacy yet. We'll see, you know, are you going to be at a point? Are you going to get the fights in the notoriety for people to continue paying this over the next five, 10 years? I'm sure, I'm sure he'll figure out something. He's a great grappler. Um, But he also turns a lot of people away. Where I don't think Andre does that. Yeah. You know, so that is th- something that could impact him financially as well. Um, now, people might not like Andre for whatever reason, but you don't have as much, it's not as uh, out front how many people, like Gordon just, there's a lot of people that will not follow him on Instagram. They don't like the shit talk. They don't want to talk about money. They don't like that aspect of the sport. Um, he lose, He loses a lot of the Brazilians which is a lot of money potential. Yep. So you have to think about those things too. You know, in terms of what we just talked about, if you're looking to make all your money from seminars, there might be a lot of gyms that want you. Maybe some don't because they just don't respect you yep. or whatever. And in same thing with Andre, you know, maybe he's his models, you know, he's more established. It's kind of an interesting and we're just picking these two, but I, I'll go back to keep saying, like with Gordon, when are we going to see it? Because Andre allegedly is kind of beyond his career, you know? And that's fine if that's what you're going to do. And yeah, yeah, if you're going to try to compete against the up and coming best guys at 25 years, 10 years younger than you, that's going to be tough, you know? But he's definitely not washed up, you know? But it, like you said, his priorities are shifted. Where yeah. Gordon is 100% looking for his next fight, you know, training to destroy the next opponent. It is just crazy how he just goes hard, man. He just goes hard and in, in almost like a bully mentality. And he rubs people. It's just, 
it's like the Connor thing, you know, people either love him or hate him. You know, I get a laugh out of some of the stuff he does and then some stuff, you know, he starts talking political and stuff and I'm just roll my eyes. I'm like, man, these people, they just, you don't have enough life experience a lot of times to even be talking about this shit. So it's best just not say anything, you know, it does. It's not as simple when he's talking politics, especially it's just not as simple as, yeah. you know, the Republicans are ter- good and the Democrats are bad or vice versa, whatever you're yep. It's these things are nuanced, you know, and to sit there and I just anybody and it doesn't have to be him, but I wish it would take the politics out of grappler. I see a lot of these grapplers putting this stuff up because they have a lot of following. It's like, why don't you just go get a political science degree or something and then come talk to me? It's like, stick with grappling. That's the one thing that rubs me wrong with some of these guys. It's like, I don't want to hear, I'm sick of hearing all this stuff about politics, <laughs> <totally>. you know, <laughs> I'm coming here to get away from that. Get shit. away from so, it. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, but he's got a big platform and people notice him and man, he went hard on these guys. <laughs> he went hard on these guys this weekend. Yeah. To your, and kind of to your point to kind of like segue, you know, with Galvao. So, uh, real quick, you know, my only, the only thing I have wrong, I didn't, it's not even wrong. I don't really care what he does, but er, er, the biggest beef on Galvao was never that he's a big trash talker. Yeah. It was that he's uh, he, that he juices. Yeah. Right. That he's on, but everybody oh, is. So yeah. it's like Gordon. Uh, I know. Right. Have you yeah. seen the before and after pictures of that oh, guy? Nikki, his brother. These guys, I mean, you, somebody asked me the other day in class, they're like, can you get as big as Nikki did that quick? Because Nikki, right? I mean, it's like maybe a year, 18 months, and he's like pretty ripped now. Yeah. He was a scrawny little dude. But, uh, at that age, yes, you can get buff and you can be crazy good and and you can do it. Like, yeah, plenty of people have gotten big naturally on Natty. And I'm saying, I'm talking about Nikki Ryan. He's yeah. not huge, you know. Yes, you can get that big. But if your brother's always got the shit, maybe you might be taking a little bit too. Just that's right. But yeah, I don't, I'm not against it because to me, I don't. Are they testing for it? No. So whatever. Yeah, it didn't bother like, me at all, man. I, I honestly think that those types of things, you know where they help the guys? It's with recovery. Yeah. It helps these guys train like beasts. Like madmen. Every yep. day, you know? That's the thing. It's like you look at Andre and, oh, he's all roided up. Well, yeah, he gets bigger with steroids or testosterone. He gets bigger because he lifts. But even without, if he was just doing physical exercise – and he's still on the tests or roids, your your endurance is through the roof. Yeah. You feel less pain, you feel less soreness, you yeah. can go longer. I mean He's clearly not on right now either. You think? Yeah. I don't no. I haven't really looked at it. I mean, you can't be on it all the time. If you are yeah. on it all the time, you're gonna be a, a monster. Like that's just how it works. If you're lifting all the time and you're on that's why these guys will cycle on and off, you know? Yeah. You do it for a while, then you don't, you know, you do it when you need to do it. And I don't know what Andre, he's getting older. Maybe he's just doing TRT or what? Who knows what these guys are all on. Until they start doing some comprehensive test program, you'll never know. So don't expect them not to be on it. But they are, these dudes, these beasts, they're, you know, Gordon's just jacked sometimes. And he's, you know, he was just a skinny guy and he's a young guy. And um, I don't think he denies it, you know? I've never seen him deny it once. He'll, He'll joke about it and say it's just, you know, bamba or whatever they always say like (laughs) 
but that's his way of saying, yeah, I'm on the shit, you know, but I don't know. It's yeah. In a perfect world, you pay these guys a bunch of money, you give them all these steroids and you just let them go to, go to town, but we'll see, you know, see what happens with that. Yeah. So I I get it. Uh, you know, Galvao's priorities has shifted and he's doing a lot of mentorship and yeah, he's, uh, trying to develop his team and his takes a lot of effort. A lot it of takes effort. a lot of effort and tremendous amount know, of effort to have if, those responsibilities. If you're trying to mentor people, man, it's so much less about, um, getting out there and competing yourself or, and all that stuff. And so much more about helping somebody develop their own game. Yeah. So something that we were kind of talking about before the, before we jumped on the podcast was, um, just, tapping into that mentorship Mm -hmm. you know i know like two coaches like especially the early bird at gds manny and gary are both big mentors invested a lot in me and then i've talked to you about the other people like our buddy josh orlando yeah bo you know those are guys that have went above and beyond to Mm -hmm teach me things and to um, help me develop and just kind of it, it. So where this came from is we received a message from a listener who was not so much concerned, but just sent us a message that said, Hey, you know, my training experience is not, you know, kind of what you guys are describing yours is. Can you talk, can you talk a little bit about, tapping into mentorship and tapping into coaches and kind of what all that looks like. So I thought we might yeah. kind of riff on that for our last, last little bit. It's, you know, it's, it's probably a talk. I mean, it's, it's, it's super legit. I love the fact that they reached out and said, Hey, you know, we're listening. I'm listening and it's not, I'm not having the same experience because, you know, we've talked about this many times. I even mentioned it in recent podcasts last week or the week before. If you're not in a situation that you're real comfortable with and you're not digging it and you're not having fun, maybe go look for a different situation, you know, try not to get tied. If you have the opportunity, you don't always have to be tied into that situation. And that can go for, you know, your training partners, the the vibe of the gym, but mostly and honestly is your coach, you know, um, we mentioned last week about a black belt that didn't ever roll with their students. You know, what kind of connection do you have if you're not? Okay. Yeah. So that's probably similar to a situation like this listener. Um, but as you were rolling off the names that we both share in terms of mentors and coaches in jujitsu from our academy, my academy, my current academy, um, you know, a lot of it is that these guys are, first of all, it's just in their character to care. You know, they're doing this because they, they love it. All of those, none of those people in terms of the people that you just mentioned also, um, they are, uh, they're coaches that are not school owners. So that's another thing is like, in particular, like with the Galval, Galval has so much going on. It's even more difficult for a guy like him or a gym owner to start connecting at a very 
mentor-like level, okay? Yeah, yeah. Our guys, our friends that we're talking about, their coaches, they they might have a little bit more time. It's not only that, but I'm just saying that's one thing I recognize from the names you were throwing out there. Um, so they're very focused on their classes, and they don't have a lot of external business related. So it, it it just depends. And this is kind of going to where I want to get with this is that I think a lot over the last month or two, I've really been thinking and hearing listener stories or I hear like a friend or someone will stop, stop me and say, Hey, I'm really liking your podcast or this, this, and this, or my experience is this. There's a lot of people with different experiences. I sent you something over the week. It was like, it was a thread or something, a comment. I can't even remember. And it was, this person was basically a purple belt in a situation where they were teaching other students and they literally didn't know how to teach them more. Yeah. If that was the one I, I saw like two or three of them this week. So I have to always remember we're talking in terms of our own experiences, which has been overall really good, but other people are in completely different situations. You might be training jujitsu in this case, it was a purple belt somewhere. They, they, they had good success with their white and blue belts, even going to tournaments. And this purple belt admittedly said, well, I just teach them this very, very uh, distinct set of moves. So basically, it was what the purple belt knew. The knowledge that that person had that they used all the time, they te- taught their blue and white belts and they had success in tournaments because they stuck to very specific techniques. Mm-hmm. That's okay. But that purple belt is hampered or hindered because they don't have that additional knowledge and time on the mats to continue. And they didn't have a black belt teaching them. Correct. Very strange. So those that's a whole nother podcast. We could talk about how someone gets... but. Is it okay to have a purple? Yeah. I mean, what if you're the only people out there and this guy got a purple belt and he moves into town? It's like, these people want to learn jujitsu. Yeah. The guy can teach him something at a purple belt, but how do you advance? How do you progress? Okay. That was a side note. My point is, is that that purple belt had the passion to start teaching these people, right? You run into that a little bit where you're at now. You're a higher belt. You have a pod with you. I'm sure you're teaching and sharing knowledge. I know you are um, in kind of some unofficial school capacity. You're not a school owner, but yep. you have you have the knowledge to be able to even give this person a stripe or help them. I know you're the type of person you're going to coach, okay? These people are probably looking at you like some people look at me as somewhat of a mentor. Yeah. And it could just be one person. Maybe it's a, hu- a handful of people. What it is though in the end is the relationship and the time it takes in my opinion to develop that. So you're going to get in, you're going to get as much of that mentorship and close relationship with your coaches as much, you're going to get as as much out of it, as much as you put into it. What I mean by that, if you're the type of person that's very quiet, you come two times a week, maybe you don't have any connections in class other than, Hey, bump, slap, roll, you know, um, that's all you're going to get out of it. If you are going for years on end, you're going three or four times a week. You're constantly seeing your coach, constantly talking to them about technique. There's going to be a little bit of a relationship development there. You know what I mean? More so. Mm-hmm. So I think that's number one is that it, there's a couple of things. The person that's the mentor has to be able willing and want to put in the time and sac, you know, to, to, the, to make this person better. 
also though, it's on the student as well to seek that and not just expect it. You know, you have to build, build that relationship. And that means you, you respect this person. Maybe they're a great mentor. Maybe you see them talking to your friend and they're just been so great. Well, you need to develop a relationship with that person to get that, that feedback as well. You know? Yeah. Um, you can't just come to me and say, you can't just say, I wish Paul would spend more time. And this could be anything in life. You know, I get this wherever, cause I've been a mentor in business. I've been an official mentor in like programs within business and working in business, big business. It's a two way street. You yeah. know, um, I can't just take all my time just to try to give you information you're not taking in and responding to. So you have to develop that relationship. And that's not always easy. As you know, we talked offline about certain individuals we know, coaches, school owners that might not have that connection with their students, you know? Um, And that could just be a character. It could be a personality trait. It could be because maybe they're younger and they don't have as much experience talking and mentoring people. Um, But I think it's a great, it's kind of a great topic and it is kind of a reminder to us that everyone's in a different situation. So. Yeah. You know, this is, I've mentioned this uh, before on the podcast, but I, I came from, I've trained at a lot of different schools and um, I mean, I was, uh, shoot, I was had stripes on my purple belt before I went to a school that I actually felt like I was a part of the team. And I was like Mm -hmm. getting that connection where I was like in, in with the team, just like a part of it, you know, and that people wanted me there and that people were willing to invest in me. And so when I think a lot about that time, you know, there were, you know, like you're saying, we've talked online about some people, some, uh, different coaches or whatever. Um, but the people that I really resonated with were the ones that were like, you know, this is just a, for instance, um, you know, the, you're going through your drills, you know, you have a coach, at least our coaches, they walk around and watch drill and they watch you do the techniques. And, you know, if some, you know, one of, one of the names that I mentioned would say, Hey man, you know, he'd either tune, he'd either take the time to tune me up or he would say, man, you really got that technique down. Let me add this next little wrinkle on top of it. And I Mm -hmm. want you to drill that for the remainder of the time. Yeah. You know, so he would, he would say, okay, now add this to it, you know, so that you get that extra little. That's great. Additive. Just that extra gravy, Mm -hmm. you know, that you put in. And I've picked up so many little pieces. Yeah. Doing that. And, um, so when I think about like my situation, you know, obvi- like I'm still in contact with all those folks and I've almost like doubled down on those relationships. I've yeah. like leaned into them even without the distance. I have, and probably why I'm reflecting on this so much right now is because, is because of the distance, but um, you want to latch onto those folks. Yeah. If you find somebody that is like uh investing their knowledge in you and giving you that, it's like 
hang on to those folks because mm-hmm. it's not everybody's going to give that. Right. You're in a good situation, whether it's yeah. like you're doing, you're just keeping in touch or whether you're finding yourself in a school. If you have an environment like that, be very thankful. Yeah. You know, more and more as I go through and we do these podcasts and I hear from listeners and I start really doing deep thought on what, how that the vast differences of people's training experiences are. It's almost hard to talk about things in general terms, you know, because I mean, it's easy to talk about things in general terms. We do it all the time, but it's not always relatable to everyone, you know, and we're finding that out by, you know, getting some of the feedback, but what do you do? You know, what do you do if you're not in that situation? I think it depends on, I think a lot of times you might mine that out, those issues as an earlier grab in your earlier belts, hopefully where, Hey, I've been training here six, eight months. This just says, I'm not feeling the vibe. I'm not getting any extra help. The, the teacher comes and does the class immediately. He's off the mats. I'm not getting any feedback that that is very, you can get that Look, you can be at a really, really good school where the coaches are really in tune and still get that. There's yeah. a lot of students at these schools. And that's kind of to my point. You have to kind of be in the in the in the purview of the coaches, you know? Yeah. Whatever that means. Don't leave early in class every time. Maybe you know what I mean? Develop yeah. relationships. I think that's a big part of it. Develop a relationship with your coaches or your or other higher belts in class. It doesn't always have to be the coach, right? Yeah, for sure. And th- that's the the that's really the hard part. I think where it's really because I I think about this in my previous experiences before I got the G's. Um, just kind of feeling like I was falling through the cracks. Yeah, and you don't want to have to like. M- you don't want to have to just constantly feel like you're you're trying to pull information out of people. Yes, you know, that, exactly. That that gets really old where yeah. it's like it's like, man, I just want a little bit more. I want a little bit more. And you're trying to figure out how to get it, but you're not quite sure how. And mm-hmm. then you feel like you're trying to just, you know, you're trying to pull water out of a dry well. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that is, and I've experienced that and it's really frustrating. It, it, so maybe it, like you were saying, maybe it's not from the coach. Maybe it's one from, from one of the higher belts Yeah, that you try and develop that kind of relationship with. Mm-hmm. And, um, I think, and I think, as you know, most, most higher belts that I've trained with, they, they're more than willing to share their knowledge. I mean, they're into it. You know, if you got yeah. a higher belt, purple belt or brown, black, especially a purple and brown belt, you know, I, I shouldn't say especially black belts too, but people that are still in your same boat, if we want to look at it that way, we're still on the road to black. We're still, we understand each other's, you know, not to say that when we get our black belts, anything's going to change. We're still going to have a grind. We're still going to have to work at it, but don't lose the, don't lose sight of the fact that purple and brown belts have been doing it a long time. They have a lot of knowledge and they're a lot of times willing to share and a lot of times have more time to share knowledge and develop that mentorship than the black belt. Yeah. Um, it's one thing if you have a hundred, hundred black belts at your school and there's just, you know, 
it's a, it, yeah. you know, it's Atos and yeah. the whole class is black belts. That's a different, yeah. totally different ball game, you know? But if you're at a school where you just have a few black belts and maybe every class there's just one black belt, he's the teacher, he or she, they might not have time to develop. You know, if you got 10, 12 people in the class or even more, how are you going to develop all these relationships? It's almost imperative. And I think it's a definitely a huge part of jujitsu to have others mentor and help lower belts. And I think we all know that that's part of it. It's big in my school and my team and surroundings. I think it's expected. Um, maybe not expected, but I appreciate it for those around me. Um, it's fun to share knowledge, you know, and to, to try to develop some of that. So I'm always open to that. Um, so you kind of like, just have to find someone that you can, uh, you know, it, it, get some guidance from maybe yeah. it's just a friend that's the same belt, or maybe they've been in the game a couple of years longer than you. Don't be afraid to ask what their experiences are. Listen to this podcast. That's why we're, we started this podcast is to yeah. share on these exact issues. It's a, this exact thing. How, how do you deal with stuff like this? You know, this is coming from a listener, you know, and it's probably not the only one that has these experiences, you know? Yeah. Um, some gyms like our gym, we had an official mentor program for white belts for a while. And I don't know if they still do it now, but those are some programs that can work too. White belt, yeah. you know, it's going to be a little different. That person, you're basically trying to just get them through the, the fire, the initial fire. Yeah. But if you've been training a couple of years and you, you know, you're feeling like, you can you're getting the instruction, but you don't necessarily have the relationships or the mentorships. Sometimes you, it takes you to reach out, you know, and and either ask your coach or ask some training partners. What more can I get out? You know, can we spend a little bit of time? Maybe offer. Maybe this is your time to maybe pay for a private lesson, so you can pay for the time. You know, maybe that helps develop some that will. You know, and now let's say you pay for a private or whatever somehow you're training one-on-one -on -one with one of your coaches. If you're still not getting at that point, then that could be the they problem, you know, could be them that just, they're just not going to get that deep with you and share and that they're out there too, whether Those they don't want to do it or whether they don't have the knowledge or the wherewithal to do it. Not everybody's yeah. made to be a mentor. Yeah. Uh, you know, you can have all the knowledge in the world and you might not be the greatest leader. That's just a fact. So yeah, it's all the more, is, more important. It's all the more reason why it's very important to do your homework when you're starting at a gym and try to go to a couple different places and figure out where, where you want to land. Yeah. And that's just not only instruction. It's, you know, what's, what's the environment like, you know, I didn't, when I started at, at, my, at GD, I just knew that this guy was super legit. He knows jujitsu really well. He's like a, you know, he, he basically brought jujitsu to the Arizona Southwest area. Um, uh, he's a freaking pioneer in the sport. Yeah. And I didn't know that what would happen eventually is that this like gym would become kind of my family, you know, my second family. It's very, you know, you f feel great there, you know, it's very welcoming. Yeah. And um, that is a testament to the, to the school owner, you know. Yeah. Um, so he just instills that vibe in the place and that's the type of people he hired. And I've always trained under his coaches and they're really, you know, 
They're my two main coaches are both older than me. They're mature and they also understand. I think when you're at a certain age, you do understand that that is part of what happens when you get old in a sport like this <laughs> or, yeah. or, or anything. When you get knowledge and you, you have this knowledge, you've been doing things for a long time, whether it's this or business, you're in a place to share that knowledge. Maybe you're not the type that likes to do it. I love, I like that. You know, I like to be able to develop people because I, it's a form of paying back. I've had some great mentors in business. Some of them I stumbled upon. Some I had to, I had to really develop a relationship to get stuff out of them uh, in my former career. But without those people, I would not have advanced. So it's just a form of paying it back. And I try to do that both in business with my business and teaching young people on how to run a business, but also on the mats for sure. Um, I don't know everything, but I can help you with stuff that I do know. So, and I'll, I'll be willing to take the time to do that. Couldn't say, I, I, I feel like, um, and we kind of got into this at around, you know, that's okay. I, 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 I almost feel like, you know, I tell you what, if, if the listener is listening to this or if you are somebody that this resonates with, Shoot us a message, shoot us a direct message on Facebook, Instagram. Uh, if, if you are personally attached to us, send us a message um, in text and tell us more about it because this is something that uh, I think we could dedicate an entire podcast to and we would love to do it. Yeah, for sure. And, and um, tell, us, tell us more about your experience and we would love to riff on this a little bit more because I, I do think it, I do think that it deserves more. Yeah, for sure. Um, but that's a that's a great. Uh, we'll make an episode out of it. Send us some info. We love to hear the feedback. Um, it helps us actually understand who our audience is and who we're talking to, and it's going to help us all understand that not everyone's in the same boat. We share this common passion, but uh, everyone's training is unique, you know. So, what I will say is, in terms of this. Help help a brother and sister out. Yeah, you know? and it and it's if always fun to be help, in a vibe like that. Absolutely, if you're needing help, uh, and you can identify a person. One person is all it need, all you need. You mm-hmm. know, dig in, double down on that relationship. Yep. Send us a message, guys and gals. Let us know. Either even if it's just chiming in, hey, I got a great situation, or send us if you don't. If you if you yeah. need some advice, we can either talk about it on the podcast. Obviously, we won't mention any names. Or if you just want some advice from Wes or myself, we've both been in the game a little bit, you know, for a while now. We can give you our own personal advice offline. Um, we've got the BJJ Physio over here. He does more than just that type of coaching. <laughs> He's a great mentor, and uh, I know his uh, Wes's clients really love the fact that you're really involved with them. Um, as per the testament I saw online today, um, great video. I know what you do when, when you helped me, you know, you're always in there, you know, rooting me on and asking me how I'm doing. So it's, that's really what it's about. It's being engaged with that other person, whether it's your training partner, whether it's your student or whether you're the student and you're looking for that in the teacher, you know, I've been lucky. I have those relationships, but I've also worked to develop those, you know? I respect my coaches and, and training partners a lot. And I think that's a mutual thing that you have to earn. So 
you get in there, you put in the work and you understand. Also, by the way, to wrap it up, anytime I'm to any type of mentoring or mentoring program, and I've seen this both ways, it has to, it has to come from each person, you know? Mm. If you are, hey, I want, I want to get, you know, I'd really like to get some more input. And, you know, I'm just feeling, you know, can, can you maybe share some more with me? Or maybe, you know, you're wanting to get into that situation. If this person gives you advice or gives you feedback and then you do nothing with it and there's no response, there's no working on that, how, how, you know, how willing do you think that person is to share again? That's what I mean by, and some people you'd be surprised, and I'm not just talking jujitsu, but some people get into that mode where they just expect, expect, expect without putting in the work themselves or sharing in the responsibility of that relationship and that growth. So it's a two-way street. If you want to get more out of it, you, you got to put the work in too. And that means you need to go out and make more, more relationships and, and put your two cents in. So let's get, let's get some comments going. We'll make this a future episode. Definitely a lot more to talk about on this. We touched yeah. on a little bit here, but another episode. Another episode in the books, man. I'm uh thanks for everybody for listening and we look forward to uh keeping it going. Shoot us those messages. All right, guys and gals. Have a safe week of training and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Road to Black Podcast. Once again, please support our sponsors, the BJJ Physio. Contact Wes, he'll hook you up with some customized programming for your game. Take it to the next level. Therapy, performance, the BJJ Physio. Also, Roll Union Jiu-Jitsu. Check out the latest styles, Jiu-Jitsu, casual wear, training gear. Check them out, RollUnion.com. Follow on Instagram, at RollUnion. Thanks again for listening, everyone, and we will see you next time.